0: I am Doug Friedman.
1: And I am Meredith Levy.
0: And this is your Mental Breakdown.
1: The podcast.
0: Exclusively on Patreon. For you listeners that like us so much, you subscribe to us. And you want to hear (laughs) all about Drew. That's right. That's right. Need more Drew. Who doesn't? Need more Drew. This Drew... Finally, I knew this was coming, but I didn't know when this would hit. Uh, you guys will hear it because we talk about it. It's the first line. I feel like I'm, I'm not giving a spoiler, but I'm, I, I don't know. Is this spoiling? To say no, that he you're fine. has COVID. Yeah. He's gotten sick before, like when the pandemic first happened, or right. I guess when it, the outbreak happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came back from Seattle and was like knocked out by the flu for a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh my God, remember we talked about this, you and I. Yeah, yeah. But did he have, he did, right? Not then. No, not then. He went to urgent care Uh and they, when he went to an ER, I think, and they were like, what are you doing here? You should go to urgent care and get tested. He's like, I didn't know. What do you do? You know, it was early days of this.
1: Yeah, it was really, really early.
0: Right. And I mean, in the timeline of, of the podcast with Drew, he was just home for, no, he did not go home for Thanksgiving because his right. parents had COVID, each of them. Then he came back and he's talking about gearing up for Christmas and and what that's like. And he and his girlfriend both got COVID. Right. So this is, you know, this is Christmas time, the year of the the year of the outbreak.
1: <laughs> this is Chris. This is a year ago.
0: Yeah, a year ago now. Yep. What's wild is I think now. Us talking about getting COVID, I, th- I think many people out there will have the experience of knowing somebody who has had COVID. Oh yeah, I think officially where where Drew and I are in this episode, it's twenty twenty one, but it's just twenty twenty one. Like we just passed through
2: right Christmas right time,
0: where we are now. Everybody listening, we are in the fall of twenty twenty one and. Most of us, I think, know people that have had COVID, like directly.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, my dad had COVID.
0: Yeah, gnarly. And in the end, was he in the ICU or just the, the emergency yeah. room? ICU for a while, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. So I, I know it was so weird for so long. I really did not know anybody. And then little by little, actually more now, I think, right. from from how I'm experiencing it. More now, when people are getting vaccinated, the people I know that have gotten it, for the most part, not completely, but have been unvaccinated. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Definitely people. I know that, you know, either, whatever, it is what it is, but it's kind of crazy how now, finally, I'm starting to hear about people and know people. and
0: Right. Right. It's, it's weird, because I, I think what I was worried about happened, which is people get vaccinated And they think, oh, cool, I'm immune and they're not, you know, and then the Delta variant came out like, oh, you're really not, because that'll break through. And then now we're having like, oh, there could be boosters for everything. Like, okay. But I was reading some article about people now predicting when the end of the pandemic might be because they think they, we now can control this. and, And with just getting like maybe an annual COVID booster or something. That's cool. Well, I got
1: my flu shot yesterday.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. so They still have the flu? God, that's so... I know. Isn't that crazy? It's so 2018.
1: I know. It's unbelievable. (laughs) So yeah, I don't even... Over time, it's very arbitrary in a given year if I get a flu shot or not. I'm just like, okay. Oh, Mm. yeah. I'm at CVS. Cool. But this year I was like, all right. But yeah, so it's definitely a different time than it was. I can only imagine. I mean, Jesus Christ. But I still have... You know, I still buy toilet paper pretty often.
0: (laughs) I stock up still. stockpiling? Do you really? I mean,
1: no, but like, you know, I definitely buy more, more often than I did originally in my life before the pandemic.
0: Wow. Yeah. I heard that a lot of the manufacturers are in order to kind of offset how they've lost so much money are slightly, only slightly raising prices because they don't want to freak out consumers. But they are cutting back on their portions. So, like restaurants, even are serving smaller portions than they used to, at the same or slightly inflated price. And things like toilet paper, we're used to pay whatever four bucks for, a, you know, a six pack. Now that six pack is six pack of toilet paper, right? <laughs> oh <my laughs> I don't know, four pack, six pack. How do they come? Sure. I don't even know. I can't even think about it. But the roll, instead of having like three hundred sheets, is going to have two hundred and eighty sheets. So wow. they're, they're cutting back things like that. Like if you, oh yeah, here, what are those things that you blow your nose with? What's that called? Kleenex. Kleenex? No, Kleenex is the Facial brand. Tissue, the tissue. I know. Uh-huh. Nailed it.
1: <laughs> I, I love kn- that. I know that, but I'm never going to not say Kleenex.
0: <laughs> right. They love it. That's free advertising. Yeah. So yeah. Facial tissue. Now where you'd buy like a, a box of facial tissue for whatever it might be the same price, but instead of, you know, 180 sheets, it's going to be 160 sheets and you won't even notice it. You don't pay attention to that.
1: Yeah. And also portion size, good America. We don't need that big of portions Just <laughs> <to> say.
0: <laughs> really? But that kale salad is delicious. Well, true. You're not wrong. You're not wrong.
1: You're not wrong. So yeah, Drew.
0: Drew, uh, Drew with COVID, you are about to hear. Him back from the holidays, back from his gnarly COVIDness to slightly less gnarly COVIDness.
1: That's an official medical term.
0: That's right. (laughs) I got that straight from the doctors. Um, (laughs) Listen up. We'll be back. We'll talk to you in a few. When pandemic first started like 10 months ago you were went up to Seattle you came back and you got sick.
2: I think this is the second time because my first one and I was sick sick for like 2 weeks straight and so that's kind of why I thought that was the first wave of right. of the covid and then the second wave I think hit me even harder. The confusion part of this.
0: Tell me tell me about that. I've had two other clients that got covid. They both definitely lost their sense of smell, which was bizarre. You said you already kind of have no sense of smell, so it wasn't like that big a deal to you.
2: And it's funny. I almost had the reverse effect on that. So my girlfriend, she has it too. She's been quarantining with me and she's completely lost hers and it just pisses her. I mean, it's the most annoying thing ever. And I was like, welcome to my life. And then we were eating something and I was like, dude, I feel like I'm tasting this for the first time. Wow. I can really taste this. It's crazy. And so I almost have the reverse effect where I can start tasting stuff now.
0: Oh, that's wild.
2: I think we're having like eggs or something. It was something super random. It's almost like tasting it from the last time I remember tasting it. Right. Not tasting it right now. Right. And so that's how I taste. And now I felt like I could actually taste it. If I'm like, yo, you know what pepperoni pizza tastes like? And you can kind of taste it. You're like, oh yeah, I know what that tastes like. Sure. It's like that.
0: Well, if you were having eggs and you were like, eggs can taste like nothing, right? But if you have it with bacon, And if you have it with like buttered toast or an English muffin, Uh like, oh, that actually sounds pretty good right now, right? You know what like an English muffin with, with melted butter on it tastes like and smells like and, and bacon, like, come on, who doesn't love the smell of bacon? I mean, even when I was a vegetarian for a while, I was like, oh, fucking bacon, man. (laughs) Gotta love it. Right. And these to me are some of the novel symptoms, but the confusion, the brain cloud, that's different.
2: I thought about long and hard how I wanted to describe it because a lot of people, they ask, you know, and they're like, how, how does it feel? What's it like? What's going on? And the confusion part, it's like I literally had to read articles probably five, six times before I could even think about remembering them. Yeah. And it was all like we would have conversations and I'd be like, what are we talking about? And it's not like I was stoned where I would just like kind of like out of it, like high it's like I would engage, try and be there. And for the life of me, couldn't remember no matter how hard I tried.
0: confusion's not even the right word for it. It's similar to when you're really tired, I think. And you're watching something or reading something and you, and you read it, but you didn't grasp it. As I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the one that experienced it. It's your processing just isn't happening. You're not firing right. Yeah. And you just can't grasp something. It's... I don't know if for you, you had the recognition while it was happening that you couldn't do it or if you just couldn't do it.
2: All this other shit's kind of going on to where I can't just sit and relax and and take COVID on. Mm. And so I think the frustrating part for me was just not being able to get done what I needed to get done. Sure. Which made my confusion even worse. Kind of like a snowball effect. You know, if I could have just sat down for two days and been okay. Yeah. I'd probably be all right by now. Um, <laughs> but I just couldn't, I couldn't stop. You know what I mean? And so it, it's been more of the, and that leads to the fatigue and the sleeping and all that kind of shit. But I mean, as of like probably two days ago,
0: hmm.
2: maybe three is really when I kind of bounced back and like, I'm still a little stuffy, my sinuses and, and stuff like that. But uh, as far as confusion and the, the incoherent conversation that I've been having, right, I'm kind of getting over that, which is, it feels a lot better.
0: It sounds like you kind of, could go, oh, this is another COVID thing. That's why this isn't happening. It's frustrating, but it's a COVID thing. I don't know if that was reassuring to you at all, or if it was just even more frustrating, like, oh, this fucking COVID thing, get this out of the way so I can start thinking, say, I got stuff to do. I don't have time for this. Like, what, what was it for you?
2: I think knowing what it was and kind of accepting it almost gave me my asterisk I needed for the last two weeks of saying, hey guys, now I have COVID. I need you to take care of this. Hmm. So that was a good mile marker for me, where it was like, I can rely on you guys, and this is a good team that I got around me, and that felt really good, Good, but I still want to pull my weight. That guilt factor still there. Sure. Um, not, not a big one. you know, It's not a big red flag, but it's just like a little dinky one in the wind right now, where it's like, you should be there. Right. I think I'm, I'm at cabin fever at this point. I'm ready to get out of the house.
0: So walk me through like being sick, okay, getting sick thinking I have to get tested, getting tested. And I don't know if it was like high fever, knocked me up, fatigue, sleeping a lot, or if it was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. I can't see people. I can't interact and I'm a little clouded and stuff. So walk me through the progression of it for you.
2: So we really got sick the week of Christmas. So that Monday, girlfriend got really sick. And I was like, oh shit, like you're sick. I got to clean the house, make sure we got food just in case I get sick. And so I really prepared that day. And then Tuesday night is when I started getting like chills and sneezing and just kind of not feeling right. And then that night, I didn't have a thermometer, so I couldn't tell you exactly what my fever was, but I was under probably six blankets shivering and like literally thought I was dying for a second um, to the point where I couldn't breathe. Yeah, I couldn't breathe. I was shaking. I was like almost convulsing because I was shivering so hard. Wow. Scary? No, not really. Okay, like, honestly, not really. Just the flu to the worst degree. So I get sick every Christmas. It's just kind of like every mm-hmm. Christmas I'm sick, and same with her. So we're like, oh shit, we're just sick for Christmas, like we yeah, are every year. It's just yeah. Um. Okay. So that was like our first initial thought because we're stressed. She gets stressed about her family. I get stressed about mine, and they kind of it's just I I figure it's my body's way of kind of slowing me down in the holidays. So we kind of chalked Mm -hmm. it up to that. And so through kind of her mom helping us, she was like, you guys should get tested just to be safe. ended up being positive that Sunday. And then we took another one two days ago and that came back negative. And so we're still waiting till Sunday just to keep that safety two weeks because it's recommended from what I've read.
0: We're still just talking like logistics of what was going on. We haven't even gotten into What? what your emotional experience of all this is yet. And I'm well aware that one of the things that you and I have been working on for over a year now is that need to take care of everybody and take care of everything. I mean, COVID is very unknown. There are some things that we know about it and how to treat it and and how it works, but so much that's unknown. And you just went through like the height of the unknown. How did that make you feel?
2: I think this is the unknown that I'm okay with because at the end of the day, On every rational level, this is completely out of my hands. There's nothing I can do by any means of the word to get myself better, to get anybody around me better. You just kind of got to go through it. There's nothing you can do. And so it was kind of, it's kind of like rolling with it. It was just kind of like, okay, what are we doing today? How do we feel? What's happening? Let's rest. Let's drink some water. Let's just kind of take care of ourselves. And I think the stressful unknown now was more so work-related and I think that was the hard unknown. And I was super hypervigilant as far as the unknown in that world, not in the, oh, I'm sick. Am I going to die? Am I going to survive? What's going on? Didn't even really cross my mind.
0: Wow. That's great. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm not going to poke at that one because we don't need to. If, that's, if that didn't come up, that didn't come up. You were telling me all this with almost a half smile on your face.
2: I got it. I got it for you right here. Bring it. Because while the unknown, I don't worry about for myself. Um, This is a great opportunity to bring mom into this. Mm -hmm. My hypervigilance is all the way up with her right now. I got the phone with my dad the other day and he had called me, which, I mean, not abnormal, but usually when he calls me, something's up. I was like, what's going on, pops? How's it going? Right. And he was like, "Uh, hey, something's wrong with your mom. And I was like, what's wrong? She drinking again? Right. And he was like, no, no pills, no alcohol. But he was mentioning to me that she's been really off the last week. And in the sense of like neurologically not right.
0: Hmm.
2: And so he he has no idea what's going on. And so me and my dad have always chalked it up to pills and alcohol. And when she kind of gets foggy, she just fucked up. And now that I've gone through it, this COVID thing and trusting my dad And so it begs my question of, well, is a COVID a lingering effect to her and how is that affecting her and what's going on? Did she have COVID? Yeah. Yeah. She had it really bad, her and my dad both.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And the unknown in that sense is, okay, there's something going on with mom that isn't the typical going on with mom. This is a new symptom. This is something to look at. Right. Right. Where are you in terms of not being there and, just having dad do it and take care of it and trusting that that's going to happen without me having to put on a Cape and somehow be there for it.
2: I put on the Cape before I knew Mm. about a week prior to Christmas, I sent Christmas presents home and then the package ended up getting there late. And so that then they didn't see anybody for Christmas. And so that guilt factor of nobody being there. My brother didn't come home and then I got COVID. So I didn't come home. And so this was their first Christmas completely alone. And so I took on that as how can I somehow be there without being there? Mm -hmm. I do trust my dad. If she's fucked up, she's fucked up. If she's not, she's not. I trust that for sure. Right. But he also went to Arizona this week for three days on business. That aspect of me doesn't trust him because he's been dealing with this for 20, 30 years as far as I'm concerned. And, and on a realistic standpoint, as a human being, you can only put up with so much. And I understand that on, on a non-emotional level, but like on a completely rational, here's how it is kind of level. Right. I understand where my dad's coming from in the sense of like he works really hard and then coming home to not knowing what you're coming home to. I mean, it's stress in itself. And so all of that, I give him the benefit of the doubt the way I do.
0: I wonder if part of that is it doesn't require me to be there because it's not like I'm going to do it better or I'll feel more hmm, comforted knowing I took care of everything. I I don't hear that as strongly. I mean, times past I've heard that from you. I don't hear it now. And I hear it going, okay, I'm not there for this. That's fine. And he's got it. And- Okay. It doesn't mean you have to like what's going on and you can still have concern. Even though you said, well, I put on the cape before that. Uh, I don't know if that's the cape. That was you just being attuned to this is their first Christmas without anybody there. So you're going to send presents. That's you being caring. Maybe that's putting on the tights, but not the cape or whatever it might be. And and it's you like, this is what I want to do. This is, Mm -hmm. this is meaningful as we calibrate this, that's absolutely okay.
2: I want to say stuff and not react to the response. We've talked about that to where I just want to say what I want to say. Right. This is one of those scenarios where I wanted to do what I wanted to do. The president got there a little bit late. I was like, okay, no worries. They'll have Christmas on Tuesday. No big deal. And right. so my dad ended up taking all that shit to the office and was basically like, nah, get it out of here type of thing. And so while I felt good about the prequel to what was about to happen I felt really shitty on the way it was executed in the sense of I felt like I was a burden to my dad in the sense of like sending extra presents home and so I'm going back and forth in my head of like well maybe I shouldn't have sent the presents to the house because it's too much for my dad because of what's going on with my mom and he doesn't want people at the house when genuinely I feel good about doing what I did
0: Yeah, and I I love that you you described it as like not putting on the cape because of not reacting to their reaction. It's going to come up, and you're going to have feelings about it. You're allowed to, and that that's part of. I see you smiling, right? You know, it's it's the the feelings are going to come up, the thoughts are going to come up. That's okay. It's what we do when they come up that defines us. Mm. Are we entertaining that? Are we getting super anxious? Do we feel compelled to do something about it? Or can we just acknowledge like, yeah, that came up and I felt this way. Okay. It's just recognizing that all this stuff is coming up instead of having any of those thoughts or feelings that pop up spring you into action. That's the old Drew that I first met. The guy that would jump Mm -hmm. on a plane to Seattle, even when you had COVID. I mean, maybe not quite that. (laughs) You'd be like, let me get get a private plane. Yeah. Let me drive out there. You know, and I I can hook up a respirator to the fucking windshield wiper. No problem. You know, I'll pee in a cup and then drink it and I won't stop anywhere. Like, cool, we're good. But that's, you know, right. But I'm what I'm highlighting. We're laughing at it. But the reality is, right. That's how I used to be. I don't feel that charge anymore. I can still feel for that and have compassion, sympathy, empathy, you know, all those things. And I can still feel a desire to go out and help, but I don't have to make it that need or obligation or responsibility to be the one there, to be the one to take care of it and make everything better.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I think all in all, I really enjoyed my holiday. I enjoyed my Christmas and I kind of got to do what I wanted to do. And I think a big thing for me, too, and this kind of off topic. My family really only calls me for Christmas and maybe my birthday. I mean, my extended family, so grandparents, cousins, aunties, stuff like that. Sure. And so this year I always get super, I don't want to say shy, but I, I, um, I feel obligated. That's it. I feel super obligated to have to talk to them on the one day a year. But on the flip of that, I didn't feel obligated this year. I called my parents in the morning. I FaceTimed with them. Mm -hmm. And that was great. And then I called my Nana, my mom's mom. And that was a good conversation. And I didn't feel obligated. My mom didn't tell me to. You know, it it wasn't one of those. And it was cool because I had a good conversation with my grandma, who really I, I grew up from a baby with. Yeah. And I have a really good connection with her. I love my grandma more than anything in this world. And I just hadn't talked to her in a while. And so we we were able to have like a 10, 15 minute conversation of just kind of like talking about life and what's going on and work and just everything. And the biggest thing that just got me super excited. And I still have a smile on my face right now because of it. Hmm. I mean, she's so just prequel cool to who she is as a person. And I might have already told you this, so forgive me. But hmm. she grew up in Chicago, right? And, and she's older. So she grew up kind of prohibition era, kind of on the tail end of it. Right. And so her dad ran with Al Capone back in the day. And mm. so she grew up and, and she was driving like his cars through Chicago, drag racing in the streets and like being a <laughs> badass, you know, and she's five foot right nothing. On. like Right on. Gangster, Gangster right? granny. Yeah, for real. And right when, I, right when we moved from Canada, uh, she got staged for ovarian cancer. Wow. And basically had six months to live. And, and she lives in the middle of nowhere. The closest hospital to her is four hours away. And so she drove herself four hours, got chemo and drove back. I mean, she's a thug, like by every thing of the word, like she's a gangster. And so I was shopping it up with her and she was like, yo, I'm going snowshoeing for my first time in my life tomorrow. And I was like, what? Like that, you live in Canada, like there's no way you haven't gone snowshoeing ever in your entire (laughs) life. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And she's like, I've always been too scared. And I was like, what do you, it's not like it's snowshoeing. What are you scared about? And she was like, I don't know. I just have always been too afraid and I'm going to mm. do it. Me and your auntie are going out tomorrow. Wow. And it was just cool for me because uh, she's in the middle of nowhere and she's had a crazy life. And like she's still being able to get excited about experiencing new things. And they're small things. I mean, snowshoeing is not like the biggest event and it's not crazy, <laughs> but it, it's big enough to, I mean, I remember it to a lasting degree of like, damn, I saw my grandma go ball out again you know, and go do something she wanted to go yeah. do. And, and she was yeah. she was super excited, you know, and she wasn't waiting for my grandpa to go do it with her. You know, it wasn't like anything like that, but it also wasn't, oh, grandpa, you're not coming with me. So now I'm mad at you. So it was just kind of a nice way for me to kind of see a good role model and the way she's living her life. She's
0: telling you she's always been afraid of snowshoeing and she's going to go do it. And you're telling me this, like, oh yeah, she's fucking hardcore. She's gangster. Like she's straight up thug. Like, yeah. But what is it? And you're smiling yeah. even now. Like you, you love this. What is what is she modeling for you? What are you seeing?
2: She really kind of reinstilled kind of where I come from and right. that it's okay to be where I'm at and still have that desire to want to go back to the woods. Cause I mean that's where that's where I come from. That's home to me. And sure. uh sure. And she kind of recalibrated my want and desire to run away to the woods and to hmm. re revamping that into giving me a goal to strive for and to being able to work hard out here while I'm here and enjoying the people I'm with and, and experiencing the new stuff day to day with still knowing that I can go back there whenever, like when I get to that point, I can't wait. But for right now, I'm really excited where I am.
0: This past year you've gone out on your own and you've done a few things that sort of push the envelope of where fear used to be for you and stop you. And you're kind of doing it without stopping. Right. And, you know, I'll throw in the unknown to that too. Not being complacent with just what's known and what's comfortable. You have pushed yourself to grow a lot this past year. Something that that I do now with some clients uh, is I'll say, what what were like the three words that summarize the past year for you? And what are the three words you want to summarize the coming year? It's cool because it's not a resolution. And resolutions often don't work. Pushing through and doing these things and not letting fear or the unknown paralyze you in life, freeze you in life, prevent you from living. But I don't know if you have a true appreciation for how much growth you've actually gone through this past year. There's a sense of the characteristics that you have that are your integrity. They've been coming out more and more. Now, you smile when I say that. I don't know if you feel that it's easier to be that now. But I don't see that you're being prevented from being that as much.
2: I've been thinking about growth and and kind of reflect on this last year, too. Pieces were rolling next to each other and it wasn't a, I'm going to give you everything I got and I hope you like me now. It was more of, Mm. no, I'm going to be a little bit more boundaries and, and selective of where we go and what we do. And while I had control in that, I didn't have control. So I was experiencing a lot of unknown and kind of where we're going and trusting in myself in all of that. I think this is the epitome of kind of where I wanted to be in the sense of of knowing who I am and what I'm good at and, and also being honest with myself in the places I fall short. I think it's been a really good testimony to where I'm at in the sense of the guilt, the the wearing the cape, the dropping everything to help somebody and really allowing myself to be more in line with where my, my moral compass is. Yeah. Not to say I wouldn't drop something for somebody, but it's a little bit more rational now in the sense of if I can, I can't, and if I can, I will, but it's not bending over backwards anymore in the sense of bending over backwards. I don't see that as a bad thing in every scenario. I see it more as a bad thing when I take my life out of what I'm doing to go plug into somebody else's. Whereas like, I still want to bend over backwards for people because who I am. I like helping in every sense that I possibly can. Right. But right. I don't feel like I need to do it to be liked or, or to be accepted.
0: That's it right there. What has been the reassurance and the validation that you sought for so long? Was let me bend over backwards to get that from them. That's what I have to offer. That's all I have to offer. Yep. So I have to do that, or I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Then you do it, and you're depleted, and you don't get enough back. I think the relationship with old girlfriend, girlfriend, as I know it, was you doing a lot of that and getting none of that back, and you kept doing it because that's what you you knew. And when I say getting none of it back, you weren't getting the validation from her or the reassurance from her. You also weren't getting the reciprocity of she's bending over backwards too. Right. And I think you've been experiencing, not just learning, but experiencing is when I'm bending over backwards, I'm doing it because I truly care about this person and I'm doing that and I can. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Not I'm going to get the validation and reassurance in return for this. Right. That's new and different.
2: And it feels amazing. I feel like in every situation I can go through where that's the case, I feel my self-confidence getting stronger through it. And I, and I think that gave me the confidence this holiday season to have my own holiday season mm. and not feel guilty because of it.
0: Yeah, I like that. And that the guilt is interesting because as we talk about bending over backwards to get the reassurance, to get the validation that I'm a good person, And if I don't do that, I feel guilty that I'm not doing this for them to get what I need. When we realize that we can take that out of the equation, then, okay, I don't necessarily feel as guilty because I'm just acting how I want to act with my own integrity. When I'm acting with my own integrity, my own moral compass, as you say, like then I know I'm good.
2: I'm learning what it looks like, the difference in bending over backwards and looking for that reciprocation. Right. And the difference of doing it because I want to or because I can has been a huge shift where I thrive is where I can be comfortable in the uncomfortable. It made me feel really good to be a part of something, but let it all go and have no control over the outcome. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of shed light into the letting go and trusting myself. And I was going to say trusting God. I wanted to go there with it, but Mm -hmm. I I think I'm going to take it a step further and, and say trusting myself. Mm. because I think that that's another thing I've really lacked Mm. not this last year but just kind of overall in my lifetime of trusting myself and knowing that I mean people talk about gut feelings a lot and and I think my gut feeling is becoming a lot stronger and because of that I'm becoming a lot better at decision making and and not Mm. such emotional um, irrational spend money all the time type of decision making
0: yeah or or reactive seeking the validation needing that
2: feel like I can uh, kind of take a step back and stop for a second. And and I think that's the best thing as far as I feel like I broke a record for like our first six months of saying, I just want to slow down. I just want to slow down. I just want to slow down. And I think that is the best way now that I'm on this side of things to say that is slowing down without slowing down.
0: Exactly. Love that you just hit that because it's, it's not slowing down. It's about not jumping in so reactively and impulsively. Right. And it goes back to why you're not throwing on the cape and driving up to Seattle to take care of mom and help dad out. This is what I'm choosing. You still have that gear in you. You're just getting mm-hmm. better about when to shift into it and when to not by virtue of wait a second. I can think about this because I'm not seeking the validation and reassurance and approval. I'm good. It can even be, I'm not that good, but I'm not going to do that. I think you're going to start to see it more and more. You already are a little bit, as you've told me, in your, your work, in your career. There were some things that you were just like, oh, this opportunity, I can't say no. With this opportunity, I'm going to do this and I'm going to kill it. I think now it's, wait a second, I can choose where I put my energy. My time and energy are my only two commodities that I control. Mm-hmm. So let me decide where I'm going to put those.
2: I think I've said that to you a couple of times over the course of the last six, 18 months. Sure. And I think a lot of that, oh, well, I get to choose who I get to work with has really been an arrogant thing that I have tried to tackle over the last couple of months Mm. in the sense of, oh, well, I get to choose who I work with, so I'm not going to work with anybody. And so now I'm, I'm kind of flipping that script and... Not being a dick in the sense of like, oh, well, you're not the project I want, so I'm not going to help you. I just can't do it right now. I can't take that on right now. But if I can help you in any other way, let me know. You know, I'm still here, but I just, I can't do it right now.
0: Uh, I really love that for you because that's that's a hard place for some people to get to. That's abundance mentality, not scarcity. Yeah. It feels so empowering when you can be that because it's saying no to others is saying yes to yourself. And that's, what you're doing and that's that's what you're realizing like wait i can't say yes all the time i need i need a life
2: i almost thought so highly of of my i i had so little self-confidence that it came across as super arrogant which came across as fuck everybody mentality and and now i'm kind of getting back to the open-mindedness of of allowing people to kind of step back into my life now that i have boundaries and i'm comfortable with those I'm now exploring what it looks like to not be an arrogant asshole in my industry, (laughs) even though I don't play that that role, but I am in my own head.
0: I might have even said to you, like, I I give you permission to be an asshole because as we calibrate this, you're used to being the yes man that will take care of anything all the time, anywhere above and beyond bending over backwards and anything less, God forbid you say no feels like I'm being an asshole. Yeah. And like, and I think I said like, okay, be an asshole because we're going to calibrate mm-hmm. that. When you take it off, it being pinned over here, it's going to move over here to asshole land. Mm-hmm. Fine. Be an asshole for a little <laughs> while and then we'll figure it out.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and now I'm out of asshole land. So it feels good.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You're still kind of a dick.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I have my days. I have my days for sure. are <laughs> weeks, but well, yeah, and, and sure. we joke, but, but
0: there's, there's a reality in this that, look, it's not necessarily being an asshole, but sometimes we can have an ego. That's yeah. human. There are going to yeah. be some times when, when you like, are going to want certain things for yourself and, and certain acknowledgements and appreciations for certain things. That's okay, too. Mm-hmm. We'll keep the ego in check. No problem. But it's recognizing that that, that can be there. And that doesn't make you an asshole or a dick. It just means, oh, wait, I'm human. I actually, I want to see my stuff do really well, or I want to see my social media blow up. You can want that too. You are human.
2: I'd like to walk down that, that kind of road.
0: The people that know you will know your integrity. As long as you let that come out, you are being somebody authentically with integrity and evolving. It's not just static
2: right constantly learning constantly
0: yep i, I will next week ask you <laughs> about yeah. the three words at least the three words you want for the coming year because I, I think that's something you could think about whatever you would set for this coming year oh yeah you're gonna nail it you're on the path man you are
2: yeah and it feels like it i uh i'm gonna write some stuff down because i like doing that kind of shit yeah i you know i love homework so i'm really excited for that
0: <laughs> right on And we're back.
1: Okay, so my favorite part—not my favorite, of yeah, maybe my favorite was the bacon discussion because, as you said, <laughs> who, doesn't who doesn't love, love bacon? the smell of bacon? Yes.
0: Yep. Oh yeah.
1: I understand. <laughs> there's probably plenty of vegetarians and vegans who don't, but that's your problem, not mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went—I was vegetarian, then I went vegan for a couple yeah. years, and I will say that as a vegan, the smell of bacon just oh man, mm. that was my weakness. So that was my weakness. And I, I was getting yeah. sick all the time. Like I just could not continue to be vegan or vegetarian. Yeah. And I was having yeah, I couldn't. nightmares of like ripping apart a cow with my teeth. I'm like,
1: yeah, huh. that's gotta be just
0: <laughs> my body telling me something. So yeah.
1: wait, did you actually have nightmares of ripping apart a cow with your teeth?
0: I wouldn't call them nightmares. Cause it might've just been dreams of like, yes, I, I, I remember oh I can God. still visualize it. Like and this is how i really know it was a dream because i would grab a cow like its neck on with one hand oh. and it's back by the other hand and i would rip it apart with my teeth and eat the meat Doug, um, and it wasn't are you... it, in the, Ki- no i'm not kidding i'm not kidding in the dream it, i had these dreams and visions like i was having like high fever sickness because i was not getting enough nutrients as a vegan holy shit fuck and part of it like was yeah and i would have these weird like visions or dreams of ripping apart a cow and then it's, okay, body, I'll, I'll put some meat back in you.
1: Yeah. No, sure. That's, wow. That is an tag. I would not be, I would do anything to get rid of that visual in my dream. It's horrible. <laughs> well, it, it, it,
0: it took a little bit of bacon, but I, I was able to do it.
1: Oh, I love that bacon <laughs> was your cure. It's so good.
0: Uh, oh, cured bacon.
1: Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so he was talking about not being able to smell. And, but I think you guys really touched on, um, the confusion part, which I know, you know, I've heard like you get foggy brain and all that. And I think what stood out for me is him saying that a, he probably prolonged it by not getting enough rest that he kept doing things. Um, but B that he also couldn't do things. And that was frustrating. So I can only imagine you get sick usually for a few days. You're like, okay, done I have to like rest and drink fluids, but this is like
0: and he he didn't know because he's got yeah his mentality of just keep going keep going keep going keep doing right what was really hard for him was like having an awareness of being confused of the confusion like that's right that's tough because a lot of times when you experience confusion, you don't know like oh, I'm experiencing confusion, you're just confused right yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I was just reading this book. I mean, all I read is fiction. There was a part of it that was about like, whatever, some conspiracy. It wasn't a conspiracy book, but it was a book in which Mm. there was like this government conspiracy about like mind erasing and stuff. And they were and in it. He was saying, yeah, you don't know if your fucking mind's been erased.
0: Like, oh, sure.
1: Right. And I was like, oh, God, that's so true. He's like, you know, like if the tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, like, how do you know if your mind was erased? I was like, well. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. And that that's the whole, that reminds me of two things. The, the hand clapping, I'll come back to that in a second. Um, the whole idea of, are we living in a simulation? Right. Totally. Right. We yeah. could be, we don't know. Are we living in the matrix? We don't know. Are we in a Rick and Morty episode? We don't know. Like a- any of this stuff could be happening.
1: I don't know. I've never seen Rick and Morty, but the matrix, <laughs> that's fucking cool. If we were living in the matrix, I'd be that badass bitch. We've talked about it.
0: Yeah. You would be Trinity for sure.
1: Yeah, Trinity.
0: That's uh I remember seeing this somewhere. I don't remember where. If anybody knows, please let me know. But it was uh might have been a movie, might have been a comic, but somebody said uh What's the sound of one hand clapping and the other person took like a single hand and just slapped the person across the face?
1: No. (laughs) Wait, that's fucking hilarious.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was hilarious. And I don't I'd love to say, like, oh, that was just originally in in my mind. Like, no, I think that was I think I saw that somewhere. And
1: I just You probably saw it somewhere. But it's good anyway. Either way.
0: Yep. Yep. But yeah, and and his thing was like just not like he can read something and he couldn't grasp it. Like he just yeah. didn't know, like he's, he was like, Why and you don't know what's going on. It's, I mean, that's what I think confusion is.
1: Yeah. And I, when he said it, it did bring back a lot of memories and fucking that was, that was traumatic. I mean, that, that hmm. it's still traumatic, but I think he said something about how she got sick, his girlfriend got sick and he was like, right. Oh shit. And he's like that day I went like I prepared, I got food, I stocked up cause I knew that like, you know, if right. I was going to get right. sick that, and I was just thinking, fuck man, that's like, it was scary. It was like, oh my God, what right. are we going to do? How are we, and it, he was smart enough to do that and then got it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough. And I think even he was saying like her mom was helping them out a little bit. Yeah. And I think she's a nurse or works in an ER or something. So she understands how to help take care of somebody, especially, Yeah, I mean, again, this is a year ago. So back in early times-ish of of COVID, like people still weren't sure about how it's being passed, how you're getting it. Can we care for somebody? What do we do? How do we do it? It's tough. Like you said, it was like the worst flu you can ever imagine, but you also don't know how long it's going to last or just how bad it's going to get.
1: And you don't know about the long-term the potential long-term effects after. And I think his mom, right? Like his dad called and was like, something's wrong with your mom. And right, he, right. I guess he put, or sounds like, cause talked about how dad said it wasn't drugs or alcohol. Yeah. And
0: right. Drew's first thing like, oh, is she drinking again? Is she, is she using right. pills? Like what's going on?
1: But that some, some um, lingering effects of COVID where she's just not, where she's off. And that's gotta be really scary.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm his I'm his therapist, not his doctor and not his family therapist or family doctor. And it was actually really cool. And how he brought it up and how he was talking about it was, I'm not going out there to take care of them right now. Part of it was I can't because I need to take care of myself. But part of it was like, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I think you would like the way we talked about this. He, he's not like putting on the cape. He's still concerned and still doing this and still thinking about them. And he talked about the Christmas presents and all that. And he was like, yeah, I'm not putting on the cape. And he said something like, yeah, it's more like you're putting on the tights.
1: Yeah, I couldn't. When you said that, I don't even know what Drew looks like, but I had a visual in, <laughs> of him in tights. And I was like, what the fuck? Thanks a lot, Doug.
0: If anybody could pull it off. Well, no, he probably couldn't. But um, yeah. yeah, Drew in his Superman tights.
1: So yeah, it sounded like he was, I mean, that, that was a lot of the theme of what you guys talked about was not... Uh, coming to the
0: rescue.
1: Right. Oh, so the whole Christmas thing, right. That they were alone for the first time. And he mentioned about sending presents. And I recall, I think it was the last episode or the one before when you guys talked about like not getting presents. And I was like, or like just getting a card or something. And I was like, okay, well maybe next year.
0: Well, (laughs) right. But he, he did something. I think we might've danced around it last week and and clipped some stuff. We didn't directly say what he was doing, but he had worked it out to send a bunch of presents to them. And then he was going to have a couple of his buddies go to the house and bring the presents to his mom and dad. Yeah. So that they wouldn't feel so alone at Christmas time. Right. That there would be people like that. They kind of knew because his friends were going to come over that, that the parents knew.
1: But I don't understand why the dad brought the presents to the office. I was confused.
0: So, yeah, I don't entirely get that either now that I think about it. I get that they didn't, the friends couldn't come around to bring the presents because they, the mom and dad had COVID. And I think dad was like, this is too much right now. She doesn't need this. Just put them all at the office. And that was for Drew. It was like, instead of spoiling the surprise and the thing that I wanted to do for them, and then that's ruined and feeling horrible or feeling guilty, it was, oh, Okay. They just couldn't handle this right now. And maybe we right. can have Christmas on Tuesday. Cool.
1: Right. You s- talked about instead of him driving in the car and hooking up a ventilator to the windshield wipers, which I <laughs> loved. I was like, right. that was amazing. I don't even know what you're talking about, but great.
0: Well, because <laughs> he, had, he had COVID <laughs> yeah. and, and the old Drew would have with COVID driven up there. Right, totally. With the the, even if that meant he had to hook up a ventilator to his windshield wipers. That's that's a throwback from my teen auto driving class when they were teaching us and scaring us about don't drink and drive. Here's what could happen and here's how to get busted. They were like one person got busted drunk driving in this video they showed us by filling their windshield wiper fluid thing with alcohol and rigging it so that instead of it when they hit the wiper thing hitting their windshield, they had it inside the car. And they would trigger it so they could drink alcohol in their car where the wiper fluid comes from.
1: That's amazing. Don't do that, kids.
0: No. No, don't do that. Don't drink and drive. Don't be on a ventilator and drive. Yeah, none Um, of it. If it's raining, watch out for Meredith because she's just learning how to drive.
1: (laughs) Watch out for anyone in LA. (laughs) Yeah, So, but it was nice to hear that he was able to enjoy his holidays and like have his own holidays and not be reactive just respond like with the the extended family thing first of all how come he's never mentioned his grandma before I was like for some reason in my mind he doesn't even have an extended family
0: he's he's mentioned grandma he's talked about wanting to have you know he's had conversations and phone calls with grandma and he's you know he He likes her he's close with her yeah he's mentioned that are you sure uh well he's mentioned it to me Oh, I don't know if it's, if it's made it on maybe because it was too identifying that we, we cut it.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Maybe Um, he did, but he definitely never mentioned the gangster granny. He never mentioned the gangster granny. (laughs) And guess what, Drew? I would just like to say as someone that who has gone snowshoeing, it is fucking hard. I can't believe that you (laughs) dared to minimize the difficulty of snowshoeing. (laughs) The funniest right. part was when he brought it up and he was like, "Oh, my grandma was saying she was going to go snowshoeing." In my mind, his big reaction to it was because she's a grandma going snowshoeing for the first time, right. not because he was like, "I mean, you're from Canada. How have you never gone snow I was like, "That's what you're that's what you're focused on? Not the fact right. that she's I don't know, in right. her 60s, 70s, 80, however old she is and fucking going snowshoeing." Like <laughs> I was down, I was like, "Oh my god, that's got to be a Canadian thing."
0: It, well, probably because I'm, as the, as the LA boy, all I'm thinking is like, so you put tennis rackets on your shoes and walked out in the snow, whatever. Big yeah, deal.
1: Basically. No, it is so, you've never gone snowshoeing?
0: I don't think so. I think I've, yeah, I don't think I have. Cause I probably would have remembered it.
1: No. Nope. Yeah. No, I've gone once. It was like not that many years ago in Montana and like we went snowshoeing to go snowshoeing, not to just get from point A to point B. So we went, it's basically went on a hike in snow up to like at points our knees, but and you're, so right. you're lifting up the, that big tennis oh, rackety yeah, looking yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and the right. snow's on it and like just fucking sweating and it's freezing and snowing out. And like, yeah, it was hard.
0: That's like cross country skiing. Yes. People love it. And I just don't see the point.
1: Yeah, that same trip, I did cross-country skiing and snowshoeing, and I was like, fuck this.
0: Right? Like,
1: yeah. I think part of the point is you get to go to these amazing places, right? Like, that you couldn't otherwise okay. access, maybe.
0: All right, that's cool.
1: But I'm fine not seeing those places until the snow melts. So, <laughs> I was like, okay. I
0: wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing those places if I can go with Gangster Granny. Like, like he said, she's a thug.
1: Yeah, thug. <laughs> She'll take care of us. Al, oh my God, I almost said Al Pacino. Al Capone? Who did he say? Al Capone.
0: <laughs> yeah, she used to roll with Al Capone. Like, whoa.
1: Right? I was like, yeah. what the F? I thought that was just so cute how he was just like thought so highly of her and loved, adored her so much.
0: Yeah, it's, I love that there's a purity in him talking to her. of. hmm she's not trying to like build a brand, make it in LA, make it anywhere. She's like, no, I'm going to go snowshoeing. I've never done that. And if, you know, if grandpa doesn't come with me, no problem. That's cool. I don't mind. I'm I'm still going to do it. And he was like, I think we even said like, that's really cool. Cause whenever he talks about like, I can just go live in the woods, I can go, go fish and I'll be fine. Like hearing him talking to her and and hearing that experience, like kind of does something to him where it's like, oh, right. That's what real life is. That's cool. That's how I want to be. Right. She's just doing what she's doing. She's she's living her life.
1: Right. And taking no shit.
0: Hell yeah. Fucking gangster granny.
1: Hell yeah. Gigi. Love it. That's her new name.
0: <laughs> Gigi. How's Gigi? Who? Gangster granny. Come on.
1: Duh. We came <laughs> up with a name for her.
0: Right? Like, oh yeah. She's just living her life, taking her shit. It's, it's yeah. And I
1: just, yeah, I do. I love that about her facing her fear of it. Right. Just like the mastery and doing something that, that maybe we're a little bit afraid of or very afraid or, and then, and again, saying maybe afterwards she was like, fuck that. This is the worst thing ever. Or she was like, amazing. I'm so glad that I did it either way. She did it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I love that. And him relating it back to reflecting on his life and, and what he's been doing this past year. And He even said things like pushing through and and doing things without letting the fear of the unknown paralyze him. And he's like, yeah, like I think really starting to appreciate how much growth he's actually gone through in the past year. Because he's like, right. And I don't have to like bend over backwards for somebody, but I can if I choose to, you know, and then he's bringing in the choice versus obligation again. Like, that's cool. That's cool he's really like I can be comfortable with uncomfortable things and I can I can bend over backwards for the people I want to do that for and and choose to do that for and and it's cool and I could say no to people and it's later I thought you'd like this too that <laughs> the thing I said to him a while back like giving him permission to be an asshole yeah it, it's not it's not actually being an asshole it's thinking that he's acting like one because he's so selfish and and this, if he doesn't do everything for everyone all the time, right? giving him permission to try that out. And he's, he's been trying that. And it's like, Oh yeah. Feeling more comfortable, feeling less guilt.
1: Right. Yeah. And he was saying he will bend over backwards or whatever for people because he wants to, and he can not for the validation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And then just trusting himself more in making decisions and, I think he's he said at one point, slowing down without slowing down.
0: Yeah, I love that. And for him, you know, he's big on the gear analogy that slowing down means going from like third, fourth or fifth gear to park,
1: you know, right
0: <laughs> or neutral, you know, and, right. and it was like, oh, right. Slowing down without like halting. Slowing down just means, oh, I can kind of take a step back. I can, I can stop and think for a minute. I can, cool. I can do it this way. Like, right. all right. Love that. Love that he's, he's feeling it. It's not just us talking about it. He's telling me that he's feeling this and doing this.
1: Yeah. And he, he's the one that's, that's looking at, I think it was, I think it was, I don't know if it was him or you that brought up the work stuff, but choosing who he wants to work with or not work with or. Yeah. And not being the yes man.
0: Right. He and I have been talking about that. Both of us have mentioned that because he was kind of looking at like choosing who I work with and and not is not like me being an asshole. It's me just kind of going, here's how I want to do it. And here are my boundaries and, and I'm cool with this and I could do it this way. And it's, I love that he's, he's looking at where he wants to say yes to things, not just taking on work everywhere, but going like, well, where do I want to put my energy and my time?
1: Right. So you said something to him about having, or putting three words for the coming year. Cause oh, I know right, it was, right, right. it had just been new years. Right. Did we talk about that last year? Like, did you say that to us?
0: To you guys?
1: Yeah. Did we Maybe do Maybe in
0: some form. Cause it, it's something, yeah, we've talked about it before at some okay. new years. Cause I do it with a lot of clients. Like what's the word or three words that you would use to describe this, the past year that you had right. to kind of recap it and then to project the kind okay, of year yeah. you want next year. I remember that. So yeah. yeah. And with, with Drew, like, I mean, while he had COVID, we weren't real. I mean, we were texting some, we weren't having sessions, but we communicated a little bit. Like I knew he had COVID. So it wasn't like he went from pre-Christmas to now it's January and he has COVID. What the hell? Like we had some communication, Yeah, yeah. nothing that we recorded to to put out there for you guys, but it it was because it wasn't a real session. It was just kind of checking in and making sure he was all right, which he wasn't, he had COVID and was like really laid out. But yeah. Yeah. I liked giving him these, these three words and kind of looking at, all right, think about that because he's like, yeah, I still want to do that. I still want to check that out. I'm like, cool.
1: I know he said he loves homework. I was like, oh, me too, buddy. I know, right? Dream come true.
0: <laughs> yeah, he he is a dream come true for all of us. Maybe depending oh. on what your dream is. Not if oh. you're ripping a powder a cow with your bare teeth. That'd be a different dream. Gross. <laughs> Hopefully that dream doesn't come true for anybody.
1: No, Mm-mm. unless it's like Armageddon, and then.
0: Would you still rip apart a cow with your teeth? No. No. Then, But like no.
1: maybe, who knows? What if I had mad cow disease?
0: <laughs> 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 oh my God, so why did I think that was so funny? Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Until the mad cow hits, we will just be here hanging for you. We'll be back with you next week for more Drew. Until then, keep living your life and taking no shit. Damn straight. That's that's our new slogan. Thank you Gangster Granny.
1: Thanks, Gigi.
0: <laughs> Bye. Bye.